You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hello, Queens. Hey, Nathan. I know. Hey, Katie. I am super excited for today's episode. We have something different for y'all. We're still on summer break, but we wanted to put something on the main feed that was new and was fun. And so without further ado, Nathan, will you introduce our guest today? We have the wonderful, the fabulous Tandy joining us today. Tandy, uh, Tandy, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, queens. Well, I'm a magical mentor. I'm a wellness witch. <laughs> I am an intersectional feminist, and I help people empower themselves by healing core wounds, dismantling internalized patriarchy, and leading a life by design. But in layman's terms, I'm a tarot reader, a psychic intuitive channel. I'm a master Pilates teacher and a mentor and a coach, and I'm delighted to be here. Oh, we are so excited. We met Tandy. There was a, she's also here in Austin and we met her at a podcast meetup and it was just so funny. We walk in and it's like almost, almost overwhelmingly dudes, you know, and we walk in (laughs) and I see this girl. That's a very kind way of describing it. (laughs) I see this girl. I think at the time your hair is pink now. I think at the time it was blue. And so I see a chick with blue hair and like, maybe you had on like leopard print pants or something. And I was just like, oh, I got to go talk to her. And I'm so glad I did because your account. Yeah, is... I could just tell the energy in the room is yeah. different when Tandy walks Yes. <laughs> and your account, if y'all go to the show notes and follow Tandy because her account is so much fun. Tandy, do you, are you a fan of history? I am a super fan of history. I am an extra super fan of feminist history. <laughs> I need to like drop this in if I can. I graduated from one of the last remaining all women's colleges in the United oh. States, Stevens College. So feminism runs deep, is very important to me and to my work. Side note, the day that we met, I felt the same way energetically with you all. I was like, can we be best friends right now? Just skip the rest of this meetup group. How do we get to be friends? And how do I not seem extra weird when I just say that? Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. We're extra extra weird anyway. (laughs) So... Okay, so for our listeners, we have invited Tandy here. We've just told her that she is going to do a tarot reading on a history mystery. And we haven't told her what. But if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the title, so you know what. And so (laughs) 
It's called The Princes in the Tower. Have you ever heard of this before? It's an old mystery. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you know anything about British history? I really don't. Okay. I, mean, I, I love this. I love history. So you're coming in blind. I love education, but I don't. This is part of why when you asked me, I was like, this is going to be yeah. good because I know nothing. <laughs> this is like total blind. And so for our listeners, um, before we hit record... Tandy was just saying that, like, Leo was coming through a lot to her. And I did a quick search. Little baby Richard, one of the princes in the tower, his birthday is August 17th, or was August 17th. And so she's like, oh, that makes so much sense. So that's a Leo. If anybody listening doesn't know. (laughs) And I always offer, I was telling them before we hit record that, like, the way that I channel, I I have a lot of standing clients that I work with over and over. We don't always court the benevolent spirits to come through, but I always ask that anything that wants to be seen or heard or is useful that we'll channel through. And it will often be, like, universe throwing, like, puzzle pieces at me. It'll be like, here's this piece, here's this piece, here's this symbolism. And I'm like, this is loud and I can see this and I can hear this and then hand it over to whoever I'm reading for. I was like, do these things mean anything to you? And so there's quite a bit of those things coming through already. That's why I was like, there's got to be either somebody's name is Leo or they're Leo because they're real loud. Okay, that's, that is a fun jump. So before we do the reading, let's tell you about The Princess in the Tower. So we want to give a brief overview, uh, let you know who they were, and set up the mystery for you. But we don't want to give you all the details, because I'm interested to see what comes through, but here's the high-level shit that you need to know. I guess we should start at the death of King Edward IV of England. Well, actually, let's let's rewind a little bit before that. We're going to rewind it. <laughs> How about we start at the marriage of King Edward IV of England? How about okay, that? okay, that makes total sense. So Edward IV, he was king of England in a time when England was in these series of civil wars known as the Wars of the Roses. But King Edward, he became king when he was like 19, 20 or something. And he was like super hot, super sexy, and just like... Mm. He was like the jock of the king. Yes. I think Nathan described him as six foot fine in our episode about yeah, his wife. That's, that's exactly the description. <laughs> um, he was basically Europe's most eligible bachelor, but then he secretly ended up marrying a nobody. So in 1464, he married a knight's daughter, which her name was Elizabeth Woodville. And it caused a huge scandal because he was supposed to marry a princess from France and make these big alliances as they always do. But it became this enormous scandal. Scandal, scandal, scandal. And so their marriage was full of lots of drama, but not internally. They like genuinely loved each other in a time when if you're royal, a love match wasn't a given. But they were very much in love and they had lots of kids. But for the purpose of this story, we're just going to talk about their two sons. Edward, the Prince of Wales, was born in 1470. And his little brother, Richard was born in 1473, and that's the Leo, which the little brother was the Leo. So are you with us so far? Do you need any recapping on any of that? I'm good. I'm with you. Then Edward IV, he dies really unexpectedly. Like, he wasn't sick for a long time. Just one day, he wakes up, got a stomachache, and he dies very unexpectedly. So their son Edward is now Edward the fifth because they're not inventive with names um and the king and he becomes the king of england at just age 12 so we're gonna skip over some details but basically their uncle richard aka uncle dick was put in as baby king edward's regent um meaning he'd help run things until eddie was old enough to do it until uncle richard 
put Edward in the Tower of London for quote-unquote safekeeping and said, like, he's just keeping there, him there until his coronation to make sure he stays safe. And then he put the other son, Richard, in the tower with him for company. And then to make a very long story short, uh, Richard ended up declaring himself king, and the two princes in the tower were never seen again. It's been long presumed that their uncle, who is known as Richard III, is the one that ordered their deaths, but we actually don't know that for sure. So maybe they got sick and died. Maybe they died by an accident. No, there is no shortage of theories of what happened. Have you ever like seen the Shakespeare play Richard III about like the supposed to be like the most evil man in history? Yeah, that's Uncle Dick. Yeah. It's this right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but either way, the popular opinion of the time and throughout most of history is that Richard III had these boys murdered. He had the horrible reputation because of that, and. The end of the Wars of the Roses ended with him dying on the battlefield. And it was also the end of the longest running English dynasty, the Plantagenets as well. Have you ever heard of the Tudors? Yeah. That, the end of the Plantagenet, the beginning of the Tudors was with his death. And a big reason that people felt um, empowered to overturn the king is because they're like, well, he killed some little boys, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And we're leaving out a lot of the details because this is real complicated. Um, but we do want to see what you get from it, Tandy. But before we dive in, do you have any more questions or things we want to sift through? No, I don't. I, I'm interested to get to the cards. Okay. Um, before we started, along with those cards that came up, I always do a cleansing. I always do a safety and security measures okay. for spirits that want to be seen or heard. Um, they were very literal about me cleansing the doorway to my room. So yes, we're opening a doorway to the other side. Um, but I have never had that happen before where they were like, there's something literally about the door and about a doorway. Tomfoolery was also like, there's a lot of like fuckery tomfoolery happening here. I also think that this is one of the boys, one of the sons, one of the princes that wanted to be seen as like funny and silly and like a class clown, oh. like wanted to be very present okay. today. Um, the push right now at some point, not the first question we're going to ask, but they they want to be heard. Okay. So, but it's, but they're little and they're young, right? One was so 12 like, and one was nine. Be, yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's like highbrow content even. It's like they just want to be like, hey, like, we're here. You're like, okay, buddy, we, we see you. Um, so the other thing that happened this morning that it feels relevant to sharing is that I went for a walk this morning, which is not a big deal, um, but because I needed to be grounded and I was walking, there was this giant hunk of wood that I brought home. I never, I mean, I pick up random things, but it was like, I was like grounding the trees, the wood. It's very clearly... Elizabeth like what she like yeah when you said oh, it I was like oh it's her oh. okay so she was like there's a thank you in this today to just you know acknowledging her sons yeah. of like being interested Ooh, in asking oh and opening the channel you have no idea how much I love Elizabeth Woodville too like love her I tend to channel mothers and grandmothers okay. like there's just like this open space of things this is <laughs> known to happen too, where there's just a lot of energy and a lot of sadness and a lot of feeling like um, she really does care that you're asking. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, that's that's Aww. amazing. It's true though, because like those were her babies, yeah. and they were supposed to be on to become kings and be rulers, and, and that, their lives those were weren't her only babies affected by this story either. Which we can. Get and into she was as well. a very she was a very loving wife and loving mother, mm -hmm. and very very cared about everybody yeah. because she came from that lower birth. Well, her mother was a duchess, else. so 
comma. Yeah, I know she wasn't that low. Marks, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't yeah. that low, y'all. Yeah. Um, well, it was just it's <laughs> clearly it's messy. Like these are not things you don't already yeah. know. It's messy. Yes. All right, here's the card that I, it actually fell out while I was shuffling. I was kind of waiting okay. for that. So I'm going to go with your first question um, of did Richard have them killed? Um, and it's <laughs> what I'm already hearing is it's complicated. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you're like, duh, that's, we didn't even do that. I, I know, I'm sorry. Um, so this is the Six of Swords. I think this is a fascinating card to come out for this question. Like, did Richard have them murdered? Um, the, the short answer is yes, right? Like the, the short answer that I'm hearing is absolutely yes. Six is the number of love. Um, this is swords. There's a pile of swords. So I'm holding it up to the camera. This is the Wild Unknown Tarot. Um, if you don't want to look it up online or if you have this deck. Um, swords are the element of intellect, acumen, thought process and words. So this is what we're thinking. Um, this is what we're, uh, our subconscious is brewing. And at its very, very uh, traditional reading, the Six of Swords says you're moving on to a better place, which is has typically and traditionally has nothing to do with death. Like in a, in a typical tarot reading, this is like things that were happening in your life. I always describe this card as like, you live somewhere, you're a farmer, and all of a sudden you can't grow a sneaking crop there whatsoever. And you keep trying to make it work. You keep trying to make it work. You keep trying to make it work. And pretty soon it's like, you literally can't sustain living here anymore. You have to be moved to another island, another land, another place. You don't know where you're going. You just have to trust that it's going to end up better than where you are right now. Okay. Okay, so this six of swords is giving me a whole different intuitive read right now of one, there is this transition of clarity in this if they did transition to a better place. You know, even as you're reading, you're like, oh, we put him in the tower for safekeeping. Um, nobody puts the fucking kids in a tower for safekeeping, y'all. <laughs> like, that's not what they're there for. And we need to be really clear about this. Um, the information that is coming through that was coming through earlier, and I just wanted to pull the card and get a little clarity on it was, you know, part of me is like, oh, the kid died unexpectedly. I was like, y'all, he was poisoned. We need to be real clear about oh. that, too. Yeah, in his sleep, it was food something that was like not. Um, it was on purpose, and so no one's ever. You know, I've never read anything the, about people thinking that it was something sneaky with the king. Okay, that was like super loud. Okay, so mm-hmm. like that was really loud. Of like Richard was playing like a long chess game here, and like to to kill him off, knowing that there would need to be a regent, and then literally just shuttling the kids off. So before, okay, there are a so lot of Richard asking, the like, Third apologists out there, so we might get some hate for that. But hey, the cards are what they are. They're, they're saying what they're saying. Wow, I'm just a messenger. Like, I don't know. Um, it's not the first time I'll receive hate. Okay, um, right, me, us either. <laughs> Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, And was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MKUltra? Wait, what? (laughs) Anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts.
Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Okay, Six of Swords right here. Like, we're asking, did Richard have them murdered? The short answer is yes, but again, it's giving me a very, it's complicated. So there's this pile of swords down here. It's dark on this card. It's very gray. It's like the swords have been buried. Like, don't tell anybody. You know, these are the murder weapon. Like, we're going to hide these things. But at the very top, there's a rainbow over it in this deck. And rainbows are always a signal of spirituality, of spirit, of source energy, whatever you narrative you prescribe to, whether that's goddess, god, the, you know, various deities and the rainbows don't really exist, right? They're a refraction of light off of moisture. Richard thought it was the right thing to do. Now, no moral judgment here. He felt like things were, okay, y'all. He felt like things were going like sideways and off track. And like, it was the only logical, like he was playing this long game of chess to protect, to guide and to stabilize. And he really genuinely felt like he was the only person who could do it. He didn't officially order to have them killed. He had long discussions with close people that were perceived as like, it would be better if this happened. I have two things things that this brings up from history. Okay. One, so when you're saying he thought it was better, the king who was king when the Wars of the Roses started was Henry VI. And he became king as a child as well. And he subsequently um, suffered severe mental illness. What back then they would say he was mad, the mad King Henry. So maybe Richard was thinking, we can't chance putting another kid in power and them losing their mind again. And also, we talked about this theory a lot, Nathan, you and I, that, um, yeah, maybe Richard just, like, made an offhanded remark to somebody of, like, it'd be a lot easier if they were dead. And those people took it as an order when he didn't necessarily mean it as an order, maybe. So do you think either of those are possibilities? Uh, yeah, I definitely, like, this was a long-standing theory that we had. Because that happens so frequently, is that a king or somebody in this big position of power just making an off-colored comment someone underneath them could take that as a direct order and be like, oh, okay, it would be better if they were dead. Okay, maybe I should off them to get in favor with this new guy who might potentially be the king himself if this guy's... So it's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's creepy. It's like, I don't like the backstabbing and the just offhanded comments, but it's just weird that we actually said that in our episode. Yeah, and that's what you're (laughs) picking up on. That's totally what I'm hearing because again, when I pulled the card, it was like, it's complicated. I'm like, what's complicated about like, you know, often some kiddos, but it is, you know, this was this giant game of chess of trying to secure things for the long run. So like all morality aside, you're trying to make moves that lock it down for you that take variability away. And so it was like, I don't know that it was, it doesn't feel like an offhanded 
comment. It feels like there were genuine conversations about how to best secure things. And like, mm, I mean, I think he really thought that putting them in the tower was like a good short-term solution of like, you know, we'll just move them up there. It's like, wait, what are you talking about? Um, okay, I'm just going to tell you, this is how this goes. And I always caveat it because to this day, being a channel is the weirdest thing <laughs> on the human planet. Okay, that um, one of the kids tried to uh, climb out the window and fell. Oh, so one of them already, that and that's would... how he died? Yeah, I don't know which one it is. That would make sense because like if if they're in the care of Richard the Third and one of them dies, it's like, is it his fault? And then everybody else would start blaming him, like you killed them, you pushed them out. So it's like, oh, gotta gotta off the other one anyway. Oh god, it's horrible. A little bit because this is why it's like it's complicated. It wasn't as straightforward as like we're gonna move them over here and then we're gonna have them killed. It was literally not that um, it wasn't that straightforward. It was, I feel like this is the best thing to do. Um, there, I think this is why they keep showing me the doorway. It's like kids being kids, tomfoolery. Like they're just kind of fucking around. There's like two kids in this tower and they're bored and they're, you know, like need to move. And they've been, you know, like sequestered there. And one of them was like, dude, you know, it's just like, I have, I have two children who identify as male. And it's like, dude, let me just like, we'll just sit on the windowsill. Like, you know, it, and it was just so he wasn't trying to escape. He was just meth- playing. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. yes, but I mean, when you're sequestered and you're secluded, what's the difference? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> but it was like they were fooling around, and one of them fell. So I don't know what the deal is with the rest of it. But again, it's complicated. But there was a long-term strategy. It wasn't just an offhanded comment. It was us trying to solve things. And I think our human brains right now are like, what? But when things are so weird, and when you are, you know. Uh, when you're guiding nations and you're trying to keep and control power, right? Like you do all kinds of weird things that don't seem like regular people would do. It's just, hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's complicated, but the answer is <laughs> okay. yes. Like his actions led to their deaths. I think that's the language that wants to be okay. heard right now. Okay. Well, okay. yeah, I mean, I guess either so, way, cause like, obviously he was, the kids were in his care. So either way you split it, he's responsible for their death. Correct. And I guess the question was more like, did he set out to be like, I'm going to murder these babies. Or did it, it was more like, it's just complicated. He okay. didn't. I mean, he definitely murdered them. They're dead is what I'm hearing. Um, like he, okay. Um, that one feels very okay. clear that that was a okay. yes on their father, but for them, it's more complicated. Okay. He's responsible for yeah. sure. <clears throat> interesting. Okay. Interesting. So, have their remains been found? Because they found some okay. remains in the 1700s that appear to be yeah, children. They found the remains. They right. found some. They found some skeletal remains of bodies that appeared to belong to children in the 1700s under a staircase in the Tower of London, and those have been taken and buried as if like given a burial for the princes in the tower. But it's still debated were those them. Okay. Well, the answer actually that I'm receiving is a yes. So this is the emperor card. Also very interesting because we're talking about leaders. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) My guides like to be a little bit like fuckery in it too, where they like to giggle about it. I'm like, oh, like odd senses of humor. Um, So to me, what the messaging coming through is yes. Those are the remains. Those were the remains. They have been found. Um, It, 
Yeah. Okay. So the Emperor card, right? This is a major arcana card. This is long-term spirit soul-based lessons. It can be looked at as familial and ancestral wounding or lessons and lineage. In a like, you know, personal reading, often this is you can only grow as big and tall as the roots are deep and long. So I think this is really interesting because this is still about longevity of the um, I don't know the proper language, like of the house, right? Like of their control and of their power that it's just giving more language of, yes, let's not be overcomplicated. Their children's remains in this. T- yes, they were trying again in these very convoluted weird ass ways to give um, sacredness to them by keeping them home. Um but yeah, so the, the emperor card has these connotations. Like it's the grown um, benevolent aspect of Aries, but it can have this weird duality as a card of like, um, you know, imperialism and colonialism and just killing everybody in your path to take what you want and need. The benevolent expression of the emperor is actually we can have benevolent leaders in care of all, like a we over me sort of scenario, um, but it just takes a lot to do that takes a lot of grounding and you have to relinquish almost all ego, which as a human, that's very challenging to do. So again, it's giving this similar, you know, confirmation of reading of, he really thought it was for the greater good for the longevity and the long run that, you know, anytime information, like if a child dies, it's like you blocked him in the tower. He's like, I didn't mean to kill them by putting them in the tower. I was trying, it's like trying to take a problem and be like, I just need to set it over here for right now. You know, he he did treat them like things. He didn't treat them like humans. He was like, I just need them to to be in a playpen for a little bit so I can go focus on this other stuff, big scale. And then the messaging coming through is that they were screwing around and one of them fell out the window. I'm still not hearing what happened with the other, but it almost feels like... <sighs> I don't know if he jumped or he tried to pull him back in and then he got pulled over also, or like there's something in like, uh, it's like what he just, um, that's what it's showing me is that the one kid fell and the brother was trying to help and then either saw it happen and was just like, you know, like I'm going to go help and jumped, but didn't understand what jumping meant. Like it was just again it's complicated it's convoluted it's messy it's just like this like um what do you call it you know when there's like one mess an accident after it's another a where you're like I mean, this literally a clusterfuck. <laughs> that's just, that's a clusterfuck. Yeah. That just <laughs> very well explained the entire wars of the roses <laughs> this is yeah like it just was like one hot fucking mess after another and so um the remains have been found um because it's giving you know four is a number of, of foundations and solid foundations which to me is always rest right so it's like it actually they have been put to rest um and that the lineage is um it, it's not a disjointed lineage meaning like they have been found and they have been put to rest and and again repeating they really thought it was for the greater good of the long term that makes total sense when you said that um the emperor card was kind of like the family card would that maybe it just made me think of like would that maybe also be like like um generational trauma maybe as well because both of their grandfathers both um elizabeth woodville's dad and edward the fourth's dad died a horribly embarrassing death like they were decide like these are traitors and like beheaded with no um, trial or anything. Their dad on Edward the Fourth side was given like a paper crown because he said that he should be king or whatever, and people were like, "LOL," kind of like almost like they were kind of almost like sacrilege in a way, like being like, you know, they gave Jesus the crown of thorns. They were like kind of doing that yeah. for him, being like, "LOL, okay, you're the king." Gave him a fake crown and then 
murdered him. So maybe are they also like pulling from that? Like kind of thing? Yeah, it's definitely so the Emperor card is more connected to fathers, father lineage for sure. It's got this rooting sort of scenario that always calls to strategy. Like this is the strategy card. It, like nowadays, modern times, when I read for it, it's either you need a long-term strategy or you ain't got no strategy. You better figure it out fast, right? And it can lead to, okay, so in modern times, this card in readings with me, it has a lot to do with entrepreneurs, like thinking fast, trying to make all the decisions, trying to create your own uh, you know, you know, your life by design. Like what's your big fat hairy goal? It's up to you. You have to make all of these very quick decisions. So you need a strategy in place in order to execute it. That was a non-intentional. To execute it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It tracks. So yes, just yes to all okay. of this. <laughs> yeah. But I am happy though, that at least their remains have been found. They can be put to rest. Like, cause I'm sure that makes Elizabeth Woodville happy, at least that knowing her children's bodies can be put to rest. Yeah. So maybe there's a little closure there spiritually if you will <laughs> it really does feel like that like when you all asked me to do this reading i thought oh we could get into some messy stuff i always make clear that we're only welcoming in benevolent spirits very clearly this i mean i didn't know until i talked to you all but i was like oh yeah no it's it's their mom number one and then at least one of the kids is presenting themselves and it they have very sunny energy like it's very playful energy so also um just because you've mentioned the sun not since we've turned on recording but like before recording you mentioned the sun a lot the yorks is the dynasty of the part of the plantagenet dynasty that these boys belong to and their so their dad when he their dad and his two brothers before he became king, they were fighting on a battlefield. And um, there was like, I forget what it's called. Maybe it's called like a dog sun or something. But there's this like trick of the eye that sometimes it looks like there's multiple suns in the sky. Mm. Everyone said that they saw three suns in the sky. And there were three sons of York at the battle. And so um, Edward IV, for the rest of his life, used the sun as his sigil. Because because mm. it made all these people think that, because you know they didn't know about the trick of, the light and stuff back then. So yeah. they thought God was showing them three suns in the sky for the three sons of York. And so he wore a sun on all of his shit for the rest of his life. Um, so I didn't want to mention that before we start, before we started doing the reading, but you kept saying the sun. And that's what I kept thinking of was Ed, that was Edwards. That we were, Edward vibed very hard with the sun symbol. Yeah. I mean, that was the, f so before we hit the recording, it's it was thick and juicy coming in and i just picked up the deck and often in readings there's a, a you know if you prescribe to this theory that whenever you ask the tarot a question right or you're pulling cards the solution is actually on the bottom of the deck does that make okay. sense so i don't know how, uh, so the bottom of the deck today was the sun card <laughs> like finding their true place in the sun that makes sense. Yeah. That all makes like tracks with their sons needing to be in power as well. So it's like it all kind and of. And I'm sure Edward the Fifth, you know, little baby Edward that didn't really get to be king, though I'm sure he would have yeah. been very proud to like carry his dad's sign as well, like the symbol of the sun, if he had gotten a chance to be king. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, 
not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. We wanted to ask about, because there was this pretender who came back to say that he was the younger son, Richard of York. Way, way later, his name was, he was like, oh yeah, I'm Richard. Historians think he definitely wasn't. So we were kind of like, what the fuck was his story? His name was Perkin Warbeck. And he pretended to be Richard. And so many people backed him, okay. too, that, well, like, they... Scotland even married him to, like, a princess of Scotland. Because they were like, we definitely... What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, as I, I'm shuffling as you were talking, the question that I wrote down originally that I was trying to pull for was, you know, was he this person or was he someone else? Um, I mean, you just said, like, all these historians say no. I hear Well, no, since we already... You've already said that not, you think he died, no. that they died anyway, so... Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. So it was like, no, 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 no. So, but the card that I just pulled, so you, you asked something right then of um, what, you know, kind of what his story was sort of. So this is what it's giving. So the five of cups in this deck is a horse with this very forlorn. Oh, he's a sad horse. (laughs) Yes. So he's a really sad horse. Now this card has like some prominence in, for me in in my community, cups. Okay. These are about emotions. Um, This is about spiritual connection. This is psychic. Um, This is um, the connection to other realms. Um, Five Five is the number of change, but when you see the five of cups card, it's usually about depression. And so whenever I pull this card, you know, if you, there's cards that prescribe to yes or no, this is a no card, right? So it's like, if you're asking a question, should I do this thing? The answer is no, um, it's not going to go well. So like, we're asking this question of like, was this really one of the princes? No. And we've already answered that they had already passed and died. Um, it's not, but like, what's his story? I just get very clear vibes of like mentally unwell that he was delusional, that he believed it. Like he really sold it. Like he not only sold it, it's why people backed him because he really believed that this is who he was. There was a so wasn't of, lying on his part. He wasn't it was lying. Just, no, he no, genuinely no. believed and he probably had people around him building him up to be like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. So he just eventually, if you're mentally unwell and you have people boosting your ego in that way, it just doesn't make it any Because everyone said how much <laughs> he looked like Edward the fourth and maybe he had just been getting that his whole life. And so he just believed it. Yeah interesting it, it what i hear is it gave him identity it gave him connection and it gave him community and he went with it but he didn't he believed that that's who he was that makes sense though as to why he kept pushing and pushing and pushing is because he genuinely believed it 
himself. And so that's why he kept going with it was because people around him were telling him he was, he'd heard that his entire life. So he thought he was. So, so I mean, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And um, unsurprisingly, just like everyone else in this story, he has a very, Perkin Warbeck also has a very sad ending. Everybody, everybody in the story does pretty much, but that's really interesting. I've never thought about Perkin Warbeck being like a mentally unwell person. I've just always thought about him being like, somebody that just wind up, was like, hey, I kind of look like what the princess would look like as grown up. So I'm gonna, but you think it was like, actually, he didn't think he was lying. He thought he was telling the truth. Yeah, I hear okay. delusional. And I think that um, word can be very triggering. Um, but, you know, this is, it's it's cups. This is Pisces, right? Like Pisces is 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 the ocean oh, of emotion that you can tap into. <laughs> okay. Katie's like, Pisces. Like you can... <laughs> like we can um so pisces is this idea that you know we're not separate from each other we can tap into the energetics the emotions of everyone this is the great empath but it's also said lovingly because i have a pisces moon so i'm throwing shade on myself and i know the truth in it pisces can be the great victim as well why is everybody so mean to me why i can't be able to get along like, why? so there's like you know pisces lower your voice delusion. madam um <laughs> Hi, Katie. Katie's like, uh, this is ringing true. Like, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We're going to be besties. Thanks to I you. I love it. Um, you know, Pisces' ocean of emotion is so psychic, so cosmic, so interconnected. It's astral ra- uh, realms. It's alternate planes. And, and, and what I'm hearing is like he was just kicked into that. And so those of us who have psychic gifts or talents, because everybody has it, but like there's certain talents or the strong suit for it, you know, knowing full well, like this is my belief. This could get a little shady too. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that like, you know, a lot of things that are psychic capacities and gifts that if they're grounded and honed and, and, and flourish are actually the constructive side of, of mental health issues. And then we didn't have science. So same thing as the sun, right? That like you have people who can channel and who can perhaps be clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, they hear things, they see things, but there's no grounding and roots for it. Then people think they cray or they think it's absolute truth. This is who I am. And delusion, I think is, is very triggering, but it's also when we believe things that aren't true. Right. So Pisces is this what makes Pisces amazing is we can dream things into fruition that have never been before. Right. That's the benevolent side of creativity and healing. But we can also forget some of the facts <laughs> and think that feelings are true <laughs> and that everything we think is true. And it's are you mad at me Guilty. right now? <laughs> <laughs> are you guys are you guys upset with me? Like, what is okay. It's just an ongoing joke because I just am constantly like. Like, if I text you and you don't text me back, I'm like, oh, they're mad at me. And, like, Nathan is constantly having to be like, Katie, I'm not mad at you. I was just busy, okay? Like, I'm just a Gemini and I can't focus on things. <laughs> totally. I'm married to a Gemini rising, so I do it to myself with my Pisces food. I'm like, no, Interesting. Not, just not focused and thinking about the right things. That's, that's my problem. <laughs> I would, if you all are up for it, like to pull a card if there's anything that they want us to see here or not. Of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. We are definitely not going to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're> not- <laughs>
this is a common question that I ask in basic readings of, you know, let the universe, whatever the universe wants us to see here or know, like, you know, we're asking questions, but as humans, like our brains can only, it's still limited. And so we want to leave things open to spirit and to source. So since we really have opened this portal to them today, I mean, again, Elizabeth was very clear on the walk this morning. Um, and so something yeah, you might just, like to know so about Elizabeth Woodville is that her family on her mother's side is supposed to be the origin. Have you ever heard of the water creature Melusina? Um, it's like an old French story about like basically a mermaid woman and her family is supposed to be like the origins of this mermaid woman lady. And Elizabeth Woodville was accused of witchcraft all throughout her life. She was uh, a woman who is smart and intelligent well, I mean, and knows what she's doing they were like, as a witch. Of well, and also they were like, well, it no. must be witchcraft. Why else would the king have married this nobody? And so I thought you might find that interesting that she was... Uh, in a time where it was very dangerous to be accused of witchcraft um, throughout her entire life, um, yeah. her her mother, too, they were considered, like, witch-adjacent their entire lives. I thought you might find that interesting. Oh. <laughs> and I'll send you some, I'll send you some stuff about Melissa if you want to learn more about her as well. Oh, totally. Well, okay. okay. So I'm about ready to spiral off. One of the things I wanted to share with you all is that, um, okay, let's get super woo, because we're here, and who yeah. knows we'll have this opportunity again. Um, in my history of things, apparently, um, one of the first regressions I ever had was my incarnation in 1440, that this is the beginning of my ancestral uh, witchcraft line. And so this time period in general is very important to me. And the history of the witches is like unbelievably important because of this, you know, narrative of, oh, they're healers, they're lay women, they're herbalists, they're midwives, they must be fucking yeah. crazy. You know, like we- God, no, or they could be doing you a whole lot of good you just don't know it <laughs> well and right and then the entrance of western medicine was a direct line of propaganda against women in order to only allow men to learn medicine so that they can make money from it so like there's this intertwining yes i just I, <laughs> like yes obviously i do find that very interesting now i'm obsessed with Melissa. i don't know who she is but now i need to know her. okay um, and I won a deck yesterday. And that's the sirens. So there's some mermaid oh, that's energy. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to ask right now if, you know, there's anything that either of the boys or Elizabeth would like us to see here or know today. So I'm going to leave it a big open gate. Okay. Let's start with this. Okay. So this is the four of wands. Again, traditional readings are not working today really at all because we're we're inviting the channel, we're opening the channel. So the four of wands card in this deck is is very special, right? Again, we have another four. This is another foundational number, right? We got this with the emperor too of lineage, of ancestry, of familial wounds all coming through. Wands are about bravery, courageousness, willpower, magic, and firepower. So there is this, okay. So in this deck, it looks like, for those who can't see it, um, when you turn it on its eye, it looks like the third eye or an evil eye protection. So in this deck, it's very important because it's got this blue iris in the center. It has these four wands that make this like hatch cross of a, a diamond shape of it. So in traditional readings, the four of wands is a commitment to um, joy. It's often typically about marriages. 
Okay, so they're taking us way back into the actual marriage. So I think this is Elizabeth because she. Mm, okay, so let's just follow what they're trying to say. I don't know where this is going. The the four of wands is a, is usually a marriage. It's usually a chuppah that you're standing underneath. Okay, and so the the reading that typically comes through for me is that you have to make a commitment to happiness and joy. And weddings they're convoluted, right? Like it, they get complicated real fast. We love a wedding, but we don't talk about a relationship afterwards, <laughs> <true>. right? <laughs> So like we will pay all this money up front to make it kind of, you know, like a Hollywood, Bollywood, your fantasy ending, right? But we're only often planning up to that point. I don't know where this is going, but there's something about this marriage that was like, there was just really, it really was genuinely love. It was genuinely love. There was no thought or understanding what the future would really bring. People were trying to tell them and trying to talk to them and it just, they didn't fucking care. Like, so there is this commitment to joy that they were... I get this vibe that it was like they were really trying to change things to have a love marriage in this capacity. And I know you just shared all this information, but it's really true. And it's not for nothing. You're sharing it because it's important to hear that they were not having it, that there was like a witch in their midst or that there was like a witch lineage there and that there was conversation straight from the wedding of them that if there were children, they were not to be in rulership somehow, shape or form, that it just was too... Elizabeth knew it too. And she, gosh, what I hear, okay, here's what I hear. She knew that like, she kind of like immediately knew, like not at the wedding, there was this joy. There was a love connection here. They were trying to make this transition of, we could have, like you said, she didn't come from nothing, but she wasn't what they were. And they looked down on her and they were like, as a couple, like, let's try to make this happen. Like, let's really try to make it. Um, they're showing me making more. <laughs> well, I mean, the, um, the modern day Royal family, I believe are descendants of Elizabeth Woodville. Cause her, her daughter, okay. Elizabeth, married the king that took over after Richard III died. And so, oh. so their daughter is okay. the first Tudor queen from the Tudor for the Tudors. Oh, interesting. Because it's it's she's she keeps showing me like an apothecary table, like her altar and her stuff that like she actively was casting spells, like to protect and keep her children safe, and to try to like smooth out this stuff. But the minute, you know, her husband died, it was like she had zero power and zero chances of protecting. And again, it goes back to the six of swords. It got complicated. You know, when you have multiple children as a parent, sometimes she also just, really just a, what I'm just you know, something hearing. you might find interesting. She had two children from her first marriage because her marriage to Edward was her second. She was widowed. Um, okay. Richard the third also killed her oldest son without a trial, had him beheaded without a trial. So she, he killed, she had four sons. He killed three of them. Yeah. She just, knew that she couldn't keep all of her children safe right like this is what's also so weird is it's a little complicated right like it's it's more than a little complicated we're just going to keep repeating this today of like she made choices too not because she chose to make them because she knew she couldn't Mm -hmm. make all the ones she wanted or she'd only have a certain what i hear is that she only had a certain amount of cards to play and so it was like "Mm, there's something about these two boys too that well, she keeps saying that she's sorry. Um, that she's sorry. She may feel guilty in a way. 
I think she just feels guilty. Like it feels like mom guilt of like she just couldn't keep him yeah. safe. You know that she was in the she was there. Well, and I hope she, she knows. Nobody in history, like, no one looks at as at Elizabeth Woodville as the bad guy in this story. Like no one. I think. Yeah, I think it's just more of a she wants this to be heard, right? We ask what wants mm. to be heard or seen, and that she just wants it to be heard and seen that she just could not keep them safe, that she was limited in her capacity too, and that she's sorry. She, that's all she, that she wants. And she apparently to wants to heard. talk about Meghan Markle. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we do try to. Av- that was very clear. Like, <laughs> yeah, we do try to avoid uh, the modern day royal family on this show, just because people. No, I don't mind. Like they're problematic. It's just because, no, and also because people in the community get so heated when they talk about Harry and Meghan from either side, and so we try to stay out of it just because. But if hey, if Elizabeth Woodville wants to talk about Meghan Markle, who am I to <laughs> to tell her no? <laughs> Well, if I can offer the overall vibe in this reading and cards from where I'm sitting is that a reminder to people that things are complicated, right? Like we get to read stories and we bring our perceptions to the story. It is hard. It is the hardest thing as a human to dismiss all of our inherent bias in whatever ways it's formed or shaped or whatever it is, even if it's constructive bias. And so it's a lot of these like, Shit goes sideways. Shit happens. Like, you know, and we're all as humans trying to do our very best. And when you're in pressure cooker situation, this is what I hear of like um, love and family and leadership and royalty and power and money and tradition that people get to have a lot of opinions about what they would have done or what people should have done. And it's like, bitch, you weren't there. Like, could we have oh. a hot second? I mean, because, yeah, we, so um, we can't say oh if i was elizabeth i would have done xyz because you don't fucking know what she would have done yeah you don't know her you don't know what she was going through you don't know the things that she had to hurdle through so like don't don't put that on her yeah like she had enough she (laughs) which i'm really happy that she did like at least she's coming forth and yes she's sorry but i mean obviously there's no reason for her to be sorry like she did everything in her power and that's all she could have done it as a mother so i totally like respect her energy trying to be like i could have changed this no, you couldn't, honey. Like, you could have done everything you could have in the world, but it still wouldn't have kept those boys safe. Yeah. Like, it, it wouldn't have because there was just too many external factors. Like you said, it's complicated. There were lots of different people trying to vie for power at this time. It was it was just, pardon the phrase, but it was just in the cards for that to happen. It was just, that was meant to be, and she couldn't do anything to prevent that. that. So I just I want this. her to know well, it's okay, Elizabeth. Yeah, and we, and we love her. <laughs> it really is. I'm There's... A couple of things moving through here. One, now it's like she was, you know, it, it's kind of this, like she was throwing as much energetic protection out as she possibly mm-hmm. could, right? Mm-hmm. The evil eye is to protect against evil, um, even if that lineage is different. That she, she's still, what I'm hearing right now is that as a mother, she did try to escape and leave, but it was very clear that if she left with any of her children, that they would have been killed before they got off mm-hmm. of the grounds kind of thing. Like, so it was kind of like, well, you're trying to elongate mm-hmm. life. You know what I mean? So there's like these extra layers of she just needed that held and seen. And I think it's really beautiful. And the boys are I can see them. They're like hanging out with each other. Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's cool. We we just have this karmic, you know, like connection to each other. So if one of us was going to go, we were going to go together. This whole tower thing, it was like, yeah, well, if one of us was going to be there, we we're going to be there together. But we're always together. So that's. Yeah, they're not alone. Good. Like there's a really warm. Yeah. yeah. They got each other forever yeah. and ever all. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, 
Exactly. Like their soul connection is like almost like not that they're the same soul in two different bodies. That's not. They're unique souls, but they are very attached. So it was no like that. That was part of their. So so great. Tandy, thank you so much for that. That was so cool. And with that, this reading is complete. These things are something better for the highest and greatest good to the harm of none to all involved. So Moto B. And so it is we as a collective will it. So we close off this space to all benevolent energies and energies. Now, thank you for channeling. Thank you for sharing with us. We are grateful for your time and your energy. Okay. Oh, Tandy, that was fantastic. But now I want to hear about, so you're doing this mentoring program, right? Yes. Magical mentoring happens twice a year. So it's very exciting. She's turning five this year, which that kind of snuck up on me. Um, But magical mentoring is group coaching and mentoring that is led by the tarot. So we have four questions that we are predetermined. And I do a reading for this question every month. And then from that reading is a channeled to-do list that the mentees then put into action as best they can in the process. Um, We have a private Voxer group for those who are a part of the process and who wants connection and community. It's a very safe and held space. So it's not just a free for all posting place. I wanna be really clear about that, Um, that I open the group um, and there are guidelines on how to communicate and how to participate in there with each other. We do a lot of work on how to (laughs) share and hold space for others without people pleasing or taking on somebody else's work or business. We, it is not crowdsourced coaching in there and it is not meant to be communication for noise. So a lot of the people that are connected to the work that I do, right? Because this is about dismantling internalized patriarchy. This is about empowering yourself. This is about, if you feel like you've been dying on the same damn hill over (laughs) and over, you're like, I see the hill still dying on it, right? (laughs) Or if you're at a place in your life that you're like, I'm ready to fucking swing bigger. Like I'm ready to be seen. I'm ready to do more. And that doesn't mean we're always striving for more. I want to be clear about that also. But we know we reach certain places in our life where we're like, oh, I'm not ready, but I'm ready, but I want it, right? But we need to be held and supported and nourished. We also need some things to call us out and be like, girl, (laughs) you ain't ready for that. Like you're going to have to recruit some other tactics first. Um, This is what magical mentoring is for. So it is, um, we also have one group call a month altogether that I hold the space for it. Again, it is very nuanced work. It is a complete balance between practical and magical. Like we're going to hold each other to some things. There are some things to check off the list and to get done. I've also seen so many mentees go through and be like, nah, I didn't fucking do the list. And their whole life changes. No joke. Because they have been held in this container. So essentially when people embark on magical mentoring with me, Um, they get a place on my altar. And so that energetic space that's held and cleansed each time is is no joke. My guides are Lilith and Hecate. These are the the dark goddesses that are like, they swing big and and they don't pull punches. Like they're going to be like, girl, you fucked up. You got to go fix this, right? And they're also going to be like, you did amazing. Go celebrate yourself, right? So Aphrodite is very much at play and Kalima has re-entered the room. So yes. So not to, I would never want to scare people off, but this is truly transformational. And so the mentees that I hold space for tend to never leave, right? Because their life starts transforming and they understand what's going on. Um, this year, the setup has changed that I'm able to offer additional cohorts at the same time. So usually it's pretty gated and guarded and like there just aren't a lot of seats for it. And this year, there are more seats because I've been guided to set up a structure 
that I'm really excited about. So magical mentoring is like the thing. Um, we start this September and it's four months long. So when this airs, when this episode airs, um, I am starting to schedule exploration calls, 30 minute calls. There's no commitment to it. It's really exploration. And we'll see if this is a good fit for you at this time or not. I, I never saw that. But honestly, I do think a lot of our listeners would love exactly something like that yeah. like we have a lot of listeners who are into the spiritual who are into all of this this it. type of stuff hence why we're doing yeah. it i think i think i i would love it yeah. i know they would <laughs> yeah i <Come> in. <laughs> yes yes no it's so fun and there really is not an offering out here like this and so this timing is very unique and auspicious in my mind because this is the window um to explore it it's not a fit for everyone but i also felt because i'm a fan of your podcast and i thought oh it's it's you know it's feminist as fuck over here and it's real like it's very based in the history and the narratives of the witch and of the dark goddesses and understanding how they have been demonized how their story has been shifted and changed and what is the story they would have told or what is the actual real story to it like what is her story and the origin of it and so with personal transitions right and revolution what i love about history right is that we are bound to repeat it if we don't understand it. I really do believe that. And we want to see the future transition and change for the better, but we have to heal our own lineage, our own history, our own messes. And then that is automatically reflected in the world in the decisions we make, in the relationships that we connect with, in the courses and decisions we take and transition through. So this is totally my heart-centric work. Like it's taken me a while to really get here <laughs> but it's so magical and really fucking practical yeah i love that i love it um and listeners if you do want to check it out in the show notes we have a link out to the magical mentoring and then just to every we're gonna link out to tandy's instagram we're gonna link out to um what's the name of your business i love it uh the website is unicornwellnessstudio.com yes unicorn <laughs> wellness i love it well uh yeah check out in our show notes this was so cool. And also listeners, I would love to have Tandy on again. Tandy, would you be opposed yeah. to maybe coming on again in a few months? There, there are plenty of history mysteries. I would mysteries. love it. Yeah. I would love it. This makes me so giddy, <laughs> which is like, you know, the magic we're all like trying to tap into. I'm like, let's do it. Love it. I love, it. I love that we found a, a feminist reader who can give us some of that energy because that's exactly what we're going yes. with. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tandy. And yeah, listeners, check out her her uh check her out join the mentoring it sounds awesome and um yeah tandy we like to end our episodes with cheers bitches so will you will you do the honors of cheersing the end of the episode i'm gonna say thank you for having yeah. me first and cheers bitches <laughs> <laughs> bye guys <laughs>